Hey, it's Todd coming to you from the Sports and Spiritual Library here in my apartment in Verona, Wisconsin. And um, I'm doing a little thing on wisdom today I'm going to talk about. So, and I, I'm right now, I don't even know how I'm going to start. <laughs> but anyways, so what I'm going to talk about is my life and and, uh, and the, what, what's happened and how I've gained certain types of wisdom over the years. You know, wisdom to me is experience. You know, that's what you get when you, that's the byproducts of experience is to, to go through something. You know, like a tough situation or a, a situation where you get, you know, where you, where you don't expect to be, uh, to be involved in. Or you expect to be involved in because you have to go to court or something like that, you know. But there's wisdom that can come from going anything. Like going to the bathroom you can get wisdom from. <laughs> That's a poor example, but it's the truth. You know, it's it's living, it's holding those experiences that you have and repeating them over and over again. And you, instead of expecting different results, you get the results you expect. You know, so you're not insane, so you have sanity. So, and then, you know, wisdom is such a critical, uh, it's such a critical word. I mean, it's it's the thing for me is when I have to go through my my life and I look at certain experiences and I look at what I gained from it. And then I can say, wow. You know, and that's the, the wow is the wisdom. And, uh, yeah, you know, the, the problem I think is, the problem I have is my own thinking, it's my own doing, and my thoughts hold me can't hold me hostage. So I have to get rid of those thoughts if, unless I don't unless I want to be held hostage for all day or whatever, you know. And that's that's the way it is. You know, my uh, my mind, my mind is my only uh, is my nemesis. You know, my, my alcoholism, which I have, is it centers in my mind. And it contorts every little thought and action. And, you know, and, and thank God, you know, I haven't taken a drink for a while. So I'm really glad for that. I'm grateful for the fact that I don't have to take a drink today. Being alcoholic is a, uh, is a unique disease. You know, because it just, it wants us to be terminally unique. And that's the problem that I said I have with myself. Do I want? I need to be a part of stuff. You know, I, instead of sitting on the sidelines watching, I need to be in the game. When I'm not in the game, then I'm in trouble because you know it's. I'm just going to go back and say that you know I. Chuck Chamberlain, they call him Chuck C. He's on the AA speaker uh, tour for. Uh, you know, but you don't have to be an I say you don't have to be an alcoholic to play it because it's going to be really good, some good. It's really good stuff, you know. And, and maybe it can prevent you from being an alcoholic, being a using alcoholic. You never know. You know that's that's the thing is, is that nobody wants to be a, nobody wants to be an alcoholic. I didn't go around my whole life saying I want to be an alcoholic. I want to be an alcoholic. You know, and that wasn't that way. You know, the one I got. You know, I was playing the games, and I was playing the time of the years and everything else. And, you know, the reality was is that, you know, alcohol is not my friend. And I thought it was my friend. I wasn't the best friend. I'm an old buddy, you know. 
go to this, uh, go 20 miles out of town and, and go to this function and just get absolutely ripped and drive home. And when the driving home was the, uh, was the part that was just a, it, it, it was crazy. It was a crazy condition to be in. It was a, uh, it was a, such a thing that, you know, you're driving and all you're doing is thinking about, you're not even thinking about where you're going. You're thinking about behind you. Who's behind me? Are the cops behind me? How close are they following? You know, and then all of a sudden the red, red and blue lights come on and you're like, oh, great. You know, and you got to go through all the, through all the tests and the, walk in a straight line and, you know, stuttering. Like, why are you mumbling or whatever, you know? And it's like, I don't know. You know, that's... There was a lot of those questions, you know, and then you search your car and they find all the uh, hostess Twinkie wrappers and uh, baseball cards and, you know, it was a seven-year-old seven boy driving around my car, literally. That's the thing was, was that, you know, I mean, I look at that now and I'm going, yeah. You know, they say when you start, when you start drinking and experiencing... Uh, start drinking that uh, that's where you stop growing and that, to me for me that was when I stopped growing I mean you had to see you had to see my baby you had to see my my car and look at my car to realize that he's a big boy but he sure is a small boy you know in his head because he's still he's still in baseball cards and Twinkies and beef jerky and and, uh, you know, all this other stuff. And and then, you know, and going and taking a, you know, going and getting a pizza and stuff like that, you know, and, you know, just do that continuously. You know, one thing for me, too, was, you know, I, yeah, I put my, I put my girlfriend through a lot of hell, too. You know, maybe that's why I'm not married. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I just, you know, I'd always be hungry after I got done, after I had got my car and was driving home absolutely smashed. And I had to stop at uh, a convenience store along the way for the convenience of buying a bunch of garbage, going home and eating it. You know, I'm talking about Funyuns, and they used to end up in bed with me. <laughs> I'm not joking either. I always had a tendency, Doritos or Funyuns. I'd wake up to this raunchy-ass smell and wonder what the heck I'd gotten into last night. And, uh, and I had uh, Funyuns all over the place. or You know, Ranch ranch Doritos are my uh, ultimate right there. That's, that's the one that I got along with really well. You know, instead of, instead of being in bed with a woman, I'm in bed with a... I'm in bed with the freaking Funyuns. <laughs> yeah, I was a mess. But, uh, you know, and that's the thing is, is that I've seen as, I've seen people come a long ways in my life. I've seen, I've seen impossible recoveries come through. You know, and I've been going to meetings for, AA meetings for 26 years of my life. And, um. That's the thing is, the 26 years, you know, I, and people think I have a lot of wisdom. 
well, it's 27 years now. But, uh, you know, I've gained a lot of wisdom along the way, you know, because of my of my need to go to meetings. I mean, it was never too damn... Some people aren't too damn proud to go to meetings. It's ego. Edging God out. I mean, it's taking... You know, and they're, they're preventing themselves from an ultimate learning experience. You know, the thing is, is that we all have the ability to learn. We all have the ability to... Uh, we all have the ability to learn. And sometimes we're too damn proud to learn. You know, and that's where I was a lot of times, too. And I didn't want to learn. And, you know, and I was not an aggressive shooter, aggressive uh, person to learn, trying to grasp onto things. I was too busy, you know. Well, let's go to this party and... Let's not go to this party because we don't like them. and You know, and stuff like, you know, and let's go do something to somebody's car or whatever. But, you know, the reality was, too, for me, was that I struggled with that stuff. You know, and, and I did not understand, being in high school or grade school or middle school back then, what, uh, what, I, was going, what I was doing was learning. I didn't like learning. I thought it caused me pain. You know, and in reality it was too, is I didn't have the, uh, I was an egomaniac with the inferiority complex. For me, that's, you know, I, I wanted to do things to better myself, but, um, but I had an inferiority complex with everybody. You know, I was lower than everybody was. And, you know, and that's what's an egomaniac is. You're trying to grab on to something for your ego so you can uh, go home with this lady or, you know, or do something with the opposite sex you shouldn't be doing or same sex or whatever sex you prefer. But the thing was for me was that, you know, and I was basing my life off of my ego. And that was the problem with all my life. You know, it wasn't off of being grateful, it wasn't off gratitude or anything like that. It was off my ego. When you're chasing, you're chasing something for your ego, you're not going to catch it. It's always, you know, you're not going to catch it. You're always going to be pissed off, you're always going to be upset. You know, and you're not going to have much gratitude. Because it seems like when I would catch that, when I would catch whatever I was looking for, I would go off running again and try getting, try you know, looking for the impossible. And that's what you have to keep your dreams possible. Otherwise, otherwise it's not worth living. I, you know, the problem was for me when I think about this a lot too was, you know, I was on a, uh, I was on a spiritual path. Up to, but there was a spiritual path of destruction. And that was the thing. I had, had gone along in my life and created such a mess that, uh, you know, and that the spiritual path is what I'm talking about is, for me back then, was I was scared of God. I was scared of Todd. I was scared of life. 
you know, and I was just scared, just plain, simply scared. So that's the destruction I'm talking about on the spiritual path. Because I had to take that and I had to turn that around. And it took me a long time. It took me a long time. You know, I... You know, they say Rome wasn't built in seven days. I wasn't built in 20, 27 years either because I got into sobriety... Yeah, I got into sobriety at uh, 27. And I was going to turn 28 in a couple months from when I came in. You know, I wasn't I wasn't a spring chicken because I was in such crappy-ass shape that, you know, and I didn't have any... Uh, I didn't have any way to uh, turn that around because I didn't have a... The ability to think like a uh, super, the ability to have that superstar mentality that that some people have, you know, and, and be able to approach a, a situation and look at it and go, okay, I looked at, I looked at the situation to find myself, that's just not possible for me to do, you know, and and that's the thing that's that's the thing that I see with AA. I see people looking at it like that, going. Scared of themselves that if something happens that they're going to be they're going to be horse coward. You know you don't you don't need to be afraid of getting sober. You don't need to do that. You don't need to be afraid of doing the steps. Just get it. You know you're going to learn. But you know to me to learn was I wanted to be. I just wanted to fit in. You know, I just wanted to fit in. I wanted to be the guy that didn't stand out at all. You know, and that's the problem. I didn't have any, any, uh, I didn't have the moxie to get it going in the right direction. It took a long time. You know, I, it took a long time to even approach achievement. But that was the thing was, is that when I look at things now, I can realize and I can see areas in my life where I was not doing well in. You know, for one thing, my uh, my employment history. I was able to stay employed. I worked at Walmart for, for a pretty good amount of those years. But, you know, it's it was always I'll show them. You know, and so I'd go get drunk and come in the next morning stinking like a freaking, stinking like an after bar party. And, uh, you know, and that's the way, that's the thing is, is that that stuff held me back. I know that. But it was the only way for me to exist back then because I didn't have the spiritual toolkit. That was laid at my feet by the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, and that's what I said when I was talking about the spiritual path of destruction. And that's what I meant by it. Because, man. Yeah, I was... I was probably 15 years into my sobriety, or let's say attempted sobriety, which wasn't very good. But, uh, you know, I, I had to go so I went to see a lady. I made an appointment to go see a lady because I knew there was something that was just not hitting right with me. And I just wanted to see where I could go with it because I'd never been there before. You know, so I went to see a psychiatrist. 
And, uh, you know, she looked at me and, you know, and I was told I wasn't going to meetings anymore and then my life was starting to ruin me. You know, and I was like really mumbling and talking like, ah, oh, man, you know. And she says, you don't even have a spiritual toolkit, do you? Do you know what one is? I didn't even know what one is. I, had, I didn't even know what it was. I had been going to going to meetings for that long and not to realize that. You know what I was doing? I was going to fit in. I was going to talk to you know, talk about talk about talk about the Packers or the uh the weather or anything like that. But I didn't want anything to do with talking about spiritual toolkits. And she was right. She was totally right. So what she did was she got me to uh she got me going in the right direction by God. She had me go get uh the five agreements with uh Don Luis. Anyways. Uh, you know, just, just look up the five agreements. You're going to see the uh, guys Toltec Indian. Um, and what you're going to find is that you're going to be able to start to use those principles in your life. You know, it's it's one of those things where I learned a lot from it. You know, and I could base my life off it because I can apply it in my life. And, you know, and, and thank God for that because what I was able to do was take those, take those sets of, uh, take those instructions of the uh, Toltec Indians and Don Luis and take it to the, take it to the point where I was actually, actually able to have a life again. I actually never had a life to begin with. So, you know, the first one is to be, uh, you know, the first of the, of the agreements is that we need to be impeccable with our word. And that's what's so important. You know, sometimes I see my, I still see myself firing off stuff I absolutely have no idea where the hell I'm going with it. And trying to catch it at the end. And, uh, you know, I set myself up for failure when I do that. Plus, what I set myself up for is people not knowing what the hell I'm talking about. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that comes about in my life and I'm saying to myself, man, dude, you got to slow down. You gotta do something different, you know. And, and, and I'm not gonna have any gratitude for for that when I'm not talking precisely with precision, you know. And my ability to take my that my word is huge. I could kill somebody, or I could give somebody a thrill, you know. And that's the problem. It's a problem I still have today. It's being grateful for what my word stands for. You know, we all have a uh, we all have a spiritual toolkit that we start to develop when we're age two on up. But some of us take your toolkit, you know, such as learning how to wipe your butt, tie your shoes. We throw that on the ground. You don't need that anymore. 
You know, and, and instead of growing up like a big boy and putting your pants on, right, you never learn how to. You know, I, I enjoy uh, I enjoy laughing, and uh, that's the thing is, is that I get out of it. Is it's a relief spell for me, absolute release valve. You know, I can say something about myself and I can laugh about it. I could talk about my old times of drinking and I could laugh about it. I could sit on here and tell stories and I could laugh about it. Is it gonna help somebody? Nah. Just it's just a war story is all it is. You know, it's, <clears throat> you know, alcoholism is a, I sponsor myself. And that's what the ism is. You know, it's when I'm too prideful and I won't listen to what the hell people are telling me to do. You know, like the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, it's made to go over with your sponsor. And, uh. You know, and and what I was doing back, I'm sorry, I'm flipping. I'm gonna flip on you guys. I'm gonna flip back and forth, going back and forth between the uh, stuff that I've I've learned over the years. And what I'm talking about with the uh, the ism part, I sponsor myself. It's because I was too damn proud and too. Uh, I didn't want to learn. I was lazy. You know, why did I have to go through that? I'll do that. I'll do step one, and then I'll do step six, and. I'm not going to do step nine, but I'm going to do, I'll do step ten. That was about not learning what the hell the steps were all about, not having a sponsor, not going through it with a sponsor, and not coming to the end of the rope where you're like, I just want to jump off a bridge. You know? And that's the way it was for me. That's, that's why I was really struggling. That's why I really hurt. You know, they they talk about doing that fourth step. Well, you know, and, and some people get the craziest thought of, well, you can throw it away because, you know, you're done with it after step five. Oh, bullshit. That's ridiculous. When you, you know, people are trying to get somebody killed, you know, you still you hold on to what you got there because when you go through the rest of the steps, you're going to be able to use that. You're going to be able to use that and write down stuff that you have on there. You know, if you have something with, you know, if you're arrogant, you put down that you're arrogant and you go through and you work on it, we do a fourth, seven, fifth, and then, you know, and you come to the, uh, and you, then you know what the hell to watch for in step 10. You know, and, and step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all his character defects. He had a lot, he had a lot to work on with me because I had a lot of character defects. I didn't even know their defects. And that's what they talk about, being honest with yourself. You know, with my pride, like I've been talking about, my arrogance, my ego, I was a good bullshitter. I can talk bullshit to myself and tell myself that, you know, it's it's not my fault that I'm all drinking, driving around. It's my parents' fault. They won't let me watch what I want to watch on TV. Them bastards. You know, that's just crazy. Usually, too, it's like, you know, you my mom was, my mom was great. I mean, she was very concerned about me when I was drinking. And, you know, but the problem with me is that if they went on drinking, it was always their fault and not my fault. It was something they did, you know. And if they were out drinking with me, then watch out. 
You know, because I could come up with anything at any given time to say that they were the issue and they were the fault. Um, you know, the problem with me, too, is that I was lazy. I was lazy and I stunk. You know, I, I try I try to take a bath after I'd been out drinking, but it was always... You had to get the stuff out of my system, out of my pores. When you drink three or four times a week, then, you know, you... There's a there's a three or four times a week that you're going to be uh, coming in with a hangover and stinking up the place. You know, I was just not a clean person. It's not a clean personality. Just not clean at all. And that's what I mean when I went through the steps. I wasn't honest with myself about what was going on. I wasn't honest with myself at all. And I didn't want to do a lot of that stuff either. But when I started to do that stuff and get started moving in the right direction with what I had to do, I started to have success. You know, and um, you know, I went through I went through a ten year era there where I was, I thought I was sober, but I wasn't because reality was this is the time period that, you know, I. I went through and uh, lost a lot of weight so I could go on to meetings. I was trying to meet Mrs. Wright, and she wasn't there. Um, you know, and that to me, it's, it says, you know, it says that I was always waiting to take the easy way out. You know, I wasn't going to go through all that stuff they had to go through with a sponsor and try to learn that stuff. Because... Joe, he went, he went to meetings still, but, you know, he was, he was still having problems. He, he was, you know, or whatever, and we sit down and talk about him. You know, sit down and talk about the guy's life and how much of a bum he is. And I try to think that we were important. These are these guys that I went down and should have dinner with or uh, soda with at a meeting or whatever, you know, and, and we talked about how, you know, and... and Reality was was that I wasn't getting it. I was understanding the fact that you know, <clears throat> working with another alcoholic is a good way to is a good way to learn about people and help them out. I didn't care. I just wanted I just wanted my life to be easier, you know, so I could do things and maybe I could go back drinking again. Holy cow! But. <coughs> Anyways, nobody else has told you they love you today. I do. And I say that with the power of love. Thanks.